This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger job, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. So before I introduce today's guest, I want to share with you my five tips to stop abandoning your goals. Here we are, January 2022. It's always the time of year where where a lot of people decide they're going to lose weight, get in shape, you know, and they set their New Year's resolutions. But did you know that studies show that by mid-February, 80% of people give up on those goals? That number is astounding. So I want to share these tips with you. And by the way, if you're listening to this later in the year, just know that you don't have to you know, set your goals in January. You can set goals anytime during the year, and I encourage you to do so. So my first tip is to make sure that you have a detailed plan. I, I like to use the acronym SMART. So you want to make sure your goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. That is so, so important. So make sure you have that detailed plan. Second is get an accountability partner, especially if you are somebody that that needs to be held accountable. Most of us do. We're all human. It's okay if you need to be held accountable. Find somebody that you can trust and is going to call you out and be like, hey, you didn't check in. You didn't check in with me today. What's going on? So make sure you get that accountability partner. Third is attach your emotions to the goal. This is so important because the way that you manifest anything into your reality is the feeling that you want, the feeling that it brings. So I encourage everyone, and again, you can do this anytime throughout the year, is write yourself a letter and write the letter to your future self and date it one year from today and write the letter to yourself stating all of the amazing things that you accomplished, but more importantly, how amazing it felt. That is the key. It's the feelings that help you to achieve your goals. The feelings is what brings things into reality for you. Fourth, there's many apps out there that will help you keep on track. I use Way of Life. There's about, at the time of this recording, there's probably about five, maybe more. Um, So you can use an app that'll help you to stay on track or just simply set an alarm on your phone to remind you to take action toward whatever that goal is you're trying to achieve. Lastly, celebrate your wins. This is so important because every small step that you take toward achieving your goals needs to be celebrated. Now, the most important thing that I want to emphasize today is if you have a setback, it's okay. Please don't beat yourself up. Talk to yourself like you're speaking to a child that is upset. If you're talking to a child that is upset, you're going to be gentle. You're going to be compassionate. So please be gentle and compassionate with yourself. So thank you so much for listening. To learn more about me, go to my website at www.sandyscarlotta.com. 
Today's guest is Ellie Sheffy. Ellie has overcome a lifetime of adversity, including abuse, domestic violence, homelessness, cancer, and a myriad of other health issues that have basically, she had to fight for her life for over two decades. She has mastered mindset, resiliency, and resourcefulness, and has dedicated her life to the empowerment of others. Today, she is a high-profile attorney and entrepreneur, implementation strategist, life and business coach, keynote speaker, and an award-winning author. During 2020, she wrote and published five books. Let me tell you folks, this is by far the most profound interview I have done thus far. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this one. Hello, Ellie. How are you doing today? I'm so excited to have you on the show. I am outstanding. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and and it was really cool before we started recording that you and I were both part of the Self-Love Revolution Summit. Yes, what a great event. Wasn't that amazing? Such a great group of people. Yeah. So needed. So, so needed right now. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really cool. I didn't realize that we were in the in the same company for that event. So that that's really great. So everybody has a story. And I love sharing stories because I feel like what better way to learn than, you know, to hear somebody else's story because most people you can relate to it in some way, shape, or form. So what is your story? How did you get to where you are today? Oh, my goodness. So uh, most people know me just by the accolades, right? They know that I'm the dean of a law school and the staff attorney to a federal judge. They know I'm a number one international best-selling author and sought-after speaker and consultant and coach and and all the things. And and they know about my companies and my publishing houses and my nonprofit. But okay, right there. Point, stop right there. That's like <laughs> off the charts amazing. So... <laughs> And kudos to you. That's incredible. Okay, go on. Well, well, that like the the accolades are what people see on the outside. But to your point, everyone has a story, and my story started as an abuse survivor, went on to be a rape survivor, went on to be a domestic violence survivor who actually lived in hiding under a fake name. Um, oh my who, gosh! Who went on to be homeless? Whoa! Whoa! In my whoa! Whoa! Car. Back, up. Back up! You had to go into hiding. <laughs> yes, I was in hiding under a fake name um, and a ghost file. So I was completely wiped off the planet. With Is that from int- the the government? Did that to you, or, or for you? A, a police department. A did, police yes. department did that for you, yes. not to you. So, they did that for you to protect you. Yes. So was it, one like, police, was it like witness protection, like that kind of thing? Not that extreme, but one police department passed me off to another police department and I walked in and they said, you know, here's your new ID. Here's your new identity. Don't tell anyone who you are or where you're from or really anything about you because we can't keep you safe if you do. So was your life in danger? Yeah. I mean... I, I was extricated from a domestic violence marriage. I did Holy not cow. voluntarily leave. I was actually pulled out uh, by the police because I was dying and my organs were shutting down and my systems were shutting down and I had 
constantly been in the hospital for years up to that point. And um, one of the doctors figured out kind of what was going on, and he actually called my dad. And he said, I don't know for sure, but I think this is what's going on, and your daughter will be dead by Christmas. Oh, my gosh. And that was Christmas of 2000. Um, and that was all that was all my dad needed to hear <laughs> for him to uh, figure out a rescue and an extrication plan. And he reached out to the local law enforcement and made all the arrangements and um, coordinated all of that because I did not leave. That was not I did not plan to leave. I did not want to leave. I was not really functional at that point. I, I did not uh, want to be on my own because at that point, after so long, I was basically a robot. So I knew how to do what I was told, but I didn't know how to think or function independently. So for me, like leaving and being on my own was not, that was not comprehensible. That was not a possibility. That was not even on the radar. Well, it was so far out of your comfort zone that you couldn't even wrap your head around it. Yeah. And I mean, literally at that point, I could not go to the grocery store without being told what, what to buy. Um, that was one of the first exercises. Actually, I was in severe trauma therapy for a while. And that was one of the first things that my trauma therapist did was tell me I had to go to the grocery store and buy something. She said, I don't care what you buy, but you can't call me until you buy something. And I couldn't do it. I ran out in hysterical tears, completely overwhelmed by all of the choices in a grocery store. Whereas before that, I knew exactly I need to buy this, this, and this, this, and this brand, this, and this brand, this, and this brand. And then I could do what I was told. That I could do. Uh, but thinking independently or functioning independently was not at, an option at that stage hmm. uh, in in my life. So well, I, mean, I, I have to <laughs> just say, Ellie, I don't know that I've talked to a lot of people this year since I've started this podcast. And, and in my journey over the last 20, 30 years of working with, with people and mostly women, I've never heard a story this devastating before. So I just want to say, I am so sorry that you had to go through that. And it sounds like it brought you to where you are today. It definitely, I mean, I've had, I've walked that journey. I've been homeless. I've lived in my car. I've eaten the food restaurants we're throwing away at the end of the night. Mm. I'm a cancer survivor and a medical miracle who has heard you'll be dead by Time and time and time again since the first time I heard it where the doctor said I'd be dead by Christmas of 2000. So I've had 13 major surgeries in the last 15 years. And the most recent you'll be dead by was 2019 when I had uterine cancer. So I have walked the walk and I wouldn't change a single solitary thing about it because every thing that I have gone through is... A blessing and it's it's what has given me the fuel to do the things that I do now so yes people see all the accolades and they see the external but they don't see the why behind it they don't see why I live every single day in service of others why it's my mission to give a voice to the voiceless to provide platforms for women in particular 
to tell, find their voice, tell their stories, to, to get visibility on the things that are important to them, to define for themselves who they are and what they stand for and what they want their life to be. Um, that's why I have my publishing houses. That's why I created the book Sisters Rising. That's why I created my nonprofit, the Made to Change the World Foundation. That's why I have a program free by design. That's why I work with women with You Are Not Your Scars. Every single thing that I do is in service of others. And it's all how I use all of my life experiences as a force for good. Mm, wow. That was so incredibly powerful. And I love how you're saying it's the why, right? Yeah. Because that's why we do this, right? I have my story. You have your story. They both were bad and on very different levels, of course, right? And I love that you're, you're what you're saying, that, that you're doing this in service of others. And, and it's such a great example because so many people, women especially, stay silent. And we can, I actually had an interview with somebody earlier, or no, when was it? Oh, it was a few days ago. And what she was really, you know, pushing is like, when you own your truth, share it with somebody else, share your story, because that's how we're going to heal, right? One woman at a time is to share it with another woman because, you know, we've all been through something. And most, yep. most women don't talk about it. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's why I created You Are Not Your Scars. Because we are not our scars, ladies. You're not what's happened to you. You're not what somebody said to you. You're not what somebody did to you. You're not what your parents said. You're not those stupid little voices that we have in our head that tell us, oh, we're not pretty enough, we're not smart enough, we're not worthy, we're not loved, all that nonsense. We're none of that. And when we can shed all of that external and come home to ourselves, each and every one of us to come home to ourselves and define for ourselves, who am I? What do I want? What is truly my voice? What is truly my story the way I want to tell it? What is my truth? And then to share it, not only to heal yourself, but how many of us, women in particular, have felt unseen or unheard or unvalued or we've been cast aside or we play on the sidelines or we stay silent because we don't want to rock the boat or we don't want to upset somebody or we don't want to disappoint somebody. And there's such a power when you can shed that and align and come home to yourself mm. and claim who you are and claim your life and claim your destiny and, and then show up in the world fully aligned as you, the you that you define yourself as. And when you show up as you, someone in the world is waiting for you to show up as you. Someone in the world is waiting for you to share your message and shine your light because when you do that, they feel seen, they feel heard, they are not alone. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. All right, let's shift gears and talk about your books. So how many books have you written at this point? <laughs> I did five. You have five uh, books. In, okay. in, of course you do. <laughs> I did 
five books um, in one year during COVID. And uh, so I, I was really fortunate in having to work from home all of a sudden, which I'd never done before. And I, I'm alone. And so the way actually that I coped with being alone and isolated because being immunocompromised, I literally did not leave my 800 square foot apartment wow. for a year. Yeah. Even my groceries were delivered. I right. did not go anywhere exactly. and I was alone. And so my, the way that I didn't go nuts was how can I serve others? What do I know that somebody needs? How can I create resources that are of service to other people? And so I wrote five books. Um, and got them out into the world and was really blessed that several of them became international number one bestsellers. And then wow. I was in, inducted into the National Academy of Bestselling Authors and I received a Quilly Award. Oh my which gosh. Is, yeah, it's the writer's version of an Emmy. So that was amazing. And Holy it all moly. just happened from what do I know that can be of service and how can I help? Well, it sounds like not to get too woo-woo here, but it sounds like you really kind of channeled into your like higher self, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, were, was able to just generate them. So which, which books were international bestsellers? So the first international bestseller was Women Who Shine. And I love that so much. It is a book compilation showcasing some really, really amazing stories of women who are shining their light in into the world and, and who have overcome a lot of different things and, and not only shining their light, but in a way that can be of service, in a way that can really help not only inspire, but empower and equip the readers with actionable tools and strategies that you can implement to help you shine your light and to help you navigate whatever darkness you're going through. Mm, um, I, so that was amazing. And then also I did a book with Jack Canfield called Successonomics. And in that one, I was able to, it focuses on redefining success. And in that one, I shared my three keys to success, which are your mindset, uh, your story, and your why. Mm. So definitely a, a different definition of success. Uh, to me, success isn't the money in the bank. It's right. when you're living fully aligned in your purpose yes. as you and then really leaning into that. Mm. Such, such amazing, amazing stuff. We are going to take a quick break from today's interview because I am so excited to tell you about a new program that I've just rolled out. It includes two group coaching calls each month to help you create the lasting happiness you so desire. It's only a $50 a month investment in yourself and you are worth it. So visit www.sandyscarlotta.com slash courses to sign up. I hope you enjoy the rest of today's interview. So, so my gosh, you've just done so many things. So you're an attorney, you're, yes. you're a dean of what of a law school? school. What law school um, are you a dean of? 
uh, California Southern University School of Law. No way. Yeah. How did that come about? Uh, they called me. <laughs> they, called you. So, they did. Um, so I've been the staff attorney to a federal judge for 20 years, and I've been really happy being behind the scenes. I am still currently doing that job. So my legal focus has always been civil rights, human rights, constitutional rights, prison conditions, that kind of thing. So all of your different forms of, of discrimination and uh, all of your constitutional rights. So nice. that has been my passion, and that feeds in and aligns with my nonprofit, with the Made to Change the World Foundation, which is youth life skills, youth entrepreneurship, and youth advocacy. Uh, so it all, you know, it's all been a full circle journey, but I was just content to work behind the scenes. And then in 2019, when I got the cancer diagnosis and, and went through that journey, uh, my last surgery was May of 2019, and I actually got the call from the law school the next month in uh, June of 2019 asking if I would uh, come be the dean. And so I continue to do both while I run my three companies, two publishing houses, and a nonprofit, <laughs> and write books, and coach, and, and speak, and, and train, and, and do all the things, and I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, because when you're when you're living a life in service of others, it's it's not a job. It's not a job. I love it so much. Exactly. Every single thing I love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It just warms my heart. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. Happiness wow. is a choice. Purpose is a choice. Alignment is a choice. And it's a choice that we have no matter where we've come from, no matter what our our status is no matter what our education is and it's the most amazing thing because in each and every moment we have a new choice yes i i second that yes absolutely so i have to imagine that with everything you've been through and i know you said you were doing trauma therapy and everything what is the best advice that you can give someone who is in a situation that's not healthy for them, that's not serving them? Like, what is the best advice that you received that, that you hold on to? Is there any sort of affirmation or mantra or something that you hold on to and, and think about on a daily basis? Yes. My North Star, I actually, I was 10 years old and I caught a late night infomercial of Tony Robbins. Oh, Tony and, Robbins. He comes yes. up so frequently on my podcast that I'm like, yes. hey, one of these days I'm going to be interviewing him because I talk about him all the time on my podcast. Like every, I mean, so many guests that I have, they, they always bring up Tony Robbins. <laughs> yes. So I was a 10 year old child being abused in a really not great life situation. And somehow I saw one of his late night infomercials and in it, he said, change your story change your life. And that has been my North Star. No matter what has happened to me, whether it's been hospitalizations or surgery or, you know, living in hiding or, or living in my car, it didn't matter. I always knew that I was in complete control of the story I told myself about that situation. And so I learned as that child to find the good in the situation, 
to find the meaning in the situation, to find the lesson in the situation, and then to figure out how I could use that in service of others. Because when you learn to assign empowering meanings to things, you're unstoppable. You are not a prisoner to anything that happens to you. You then are in control of your mind. And your thoughts control your feelings, your feelings control your actions, your actions control your, your results. I'm, I'm sure, you know, we, we've all heard that time and time again. Well, but it it's so incredibly true. Yes, it becomes your reality. Absolutely. Yeah. Our thoughts, the, the meaning we assign ourselves, the story we tell ourselves about a situation is more powerful than the situation itself. And we see that every day when you say, when someone says, how are you? And you say, oh, I'm so tired. And then you feel more tired. The words coming out of your mouth create a physiological reaction then that becomes your reality. So learning, training ourselves to master our language, to master our thoughts, allows us to control the physiology, to control the focus, to control the actions, to control the outcome. And so that singular thing that I heard on that infomercial literally has been my North Star. And no matter what's going on, I know that I get to choose the language I use when I'm talking about a situation. I get to choose the meaning I ascribe to the, to the language, the event, the circumstance, the situation. I get to choose the perspective I hold about it. And I get to choose whether I, I use the, those meanings and perspectives in service of others because the the fastest way to get out of a downward spiral is to serve others the second fastest way is to find something to be grateful for mm, and yes. people say all the time oh well how you know when the walls are caving in or when they hear my story how could you have been grateful i am so grateful that taco bell and kentucky fried chicken had extra that they were throwing away at the end of the night that I could eat. I am wow. so grateful that my nerves are connected, that my synapses fire, that I can feel pain in every single cell in my body because somebody who's paralyzed would give anything to feel the pain that I feel. Right. You know, yeah. every single thing. We can be grateful that we have nerves that fire, that we have synapses that fire. We have... We can be grateful that there's a roof over our head, whether that roof is your car, whether that roof is cardboard, whether that roof is is wood, it doesn't matter. We can be grateful that there is a roof over our head, that we have something to eat, whether I dug it out of a trash can or I got it from Kentucky Fried Chicken at the end of the night when they were throwing away, it's still something to eat. I still didn't go hungry and for that I am grateful. I am grateful that I have vocal cords that allow my voice to work so that I can tell my story, so that I can live in service of others. I am grateful that that I can walk because I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk across a room. So I'm so excited that I can walk. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So the fastest, easiest tool that somebody can have is if they're feeling overwhelmed or feeling like the walls are caving in or going down the rabbit hole is pull out a piece of paper 
and start, look around and start making a list of every single thing you can think of to be grateful for. Be grateful for the heart that is beating you without Ugh. you having to do anything. Be grateful for the lungs that are breathing you that you don't have to do anything. Be grateful for the brain that is telling your heart and telling your lungs to operate. Be grateful that you could open your eyes that day. I mean, there's so, be grateful that, that you can feel something on your skin. I mean, there's so many things that we can be grateful for. And it's a practice. It's something exactly. we train ourselves to yep. do. And That's once so you true. do that, it, it reframes your focus, right? And then you can start to feel grateful. It doesn't matter if when you're first implementing this practice, you don't feel grateful. That's okay. It's a practice. Look around, write it down. And then once you've written it down, read that list out loud. And that's so important because you're engaging all of your senses. You're engaging your physiology. When you're reading it out loud, you're speaking it, you're hearing it, your eyeballs are reading it. You're creating a sensory experience of it that it's so much more powerful than just scanning the page. Mm. Oh my gosh, Ellie, this is amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And I could, we could literally go on for hours um, on this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> so gratitude, yes. I talk about this nonstop and thank you so much for elaborating on that. And as you were, as you were talking about, when you actually said, your heart beating. I was thinking that I was, I was about to chime in and say, <laughs> yeah. you know, the heart that's beating and blah, blah. Um, but, but the one big thing that I want to, that I want to just elaborate on a little bit is the quote from Tony Robbins, change your story, change your life. And so many people don't understand that. And I have, um, I talk a lot about that in my book because people don't realize that they make up stories all the time about what they think occurred or what they think is going to happen. And that yep. causes people so much pain and misery. And when I was first getting on Instagram earlier in 2021, and I was trying to interact with people and I was commenting on something that Deepak Chopra wrote. And there was a, there was a woman who commented on what I said and she was, it was very obvious that she was stuck in this story that she was making up. And I, I made a comment. I said, well, you know, there are, you, you can shift your perspective and change the story. Well, it backlashed on me. And I had two other women calling me a racist and a white supremacist. How did they get there? Because it was a black woman who was, who was saying this. And I was just trying to get her to see things from another perspective. And it was just a real eye-opening thing that there's so many people that are living in this story and they, they, they just, they believe it. And that if they could just shift their perspective and change their story, their whole life would change. And I think it would change the way in which America is divided. Absolutely. And one of the examples that I, I give when, when I run across people who are stuck in not understanding how they can change their story, I say, how many times have you been 
to a concert or an event with your friends and there's a group of 10 of you and you're all there experiencing in theory the same thing it's the same concert it's the same dinner it's the same play it's the same series of events but when you listen to the 10 people who were there talk about what happened and talk about their story it's like 10 completely different things right and that just goes to show it was the same event but you have 10 completely different experiences of the event 10 different stories about the event 10 different recollections, 10 different physiological reactions. Some people, it brought joy. Some people hated it, Some this, that, the other. It was the same thing. But the way in which they experienced it was colored by their thoughts, their feelings, their beliefs, the story they told themselves, the paradigms that they hold, the way they were brought up, the filter that they used. And so when you just change one of those filters or remove, it's like changing your glasses. It's the same refrigerator in front of you. You put on one pair of glasses, it looks one way. You put on a prescription that isn't really yours, all of a sudden you can't even tell it's a refrigerator. I mean, it, there are real life examples like that that we can use to help reframe you know, it's not woo-woo. It's actual. We all, we live it every single day. Just go to dinner and then ask your friends how dinner was right. or listen to them and talk about it to someone else. It's like completely different experiences. Yeah, that's so true. Oh my gosh. So Ellie, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience today? Your voice matters. Going back to your initial comment that everyone has a story. So listening to this, your voice matters. Your message matters. Your story matters. Your experience matters. And no matter what is going on, you matter. And someone in the world is waiting for you to show up as that beautiful, amazing, empowered, unique, full embodiment and expression of the divine being that you are. Mm. So show up as you. Beautifully said. Beautifully said, Ellie. Thank you so much. This has been such an amazing conversation and so many people will benefit from everything that you said today. So thank you so much. I so appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Mm. It's been amazing. Take care, Ellie. Thank you. So when I said that this was one of the most profound interviews I have had so far, that was an understatement. This was amazing. And I hope that you, the listener, will be able to take one, two, three, four, five amazing golden nuggets that Ellie talked about and apply to your life right away. You know, folks, life is too short. And when you hear someone like Ellie and everything that she's been through, it really makes you feel like, wow, right? There's always somebody who has things worse off than you do. So apply what you heard from her to your life. 
be the best version of yourself because life is just way too short. So you can reach or learn more about Ellie at her website, ellieshefie.com, and I will put that in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this content, please go to happinesssolved.com. It's my new website, and you can leave us a review. I'd love to hear your feedback and uh, let me know what your thoughts are. So thank you again. I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, happiness, and an abundance of gratitude. Take care, everyone. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.